looking for Saul. She and I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill thine horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite. For I have provided me a king among his sons. Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hear it, please note this, he will kill me. Boy, it tells you a lot about Saul, doesn't it? He will kill me. And Lord said, Take a heifer with thee and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. In verse 13, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed it, him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose and went to Ramah. We look this morning as the people of God, the nation of God made a decision that God wasn't enough. So they began to cry for a king. And God said, okay, give them what they want. That king was Saul. But the day came when the Bible says this about Saul. In chapter 15, thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt, and now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not, but slay both the men and women, infants, sucklings, oxen, sheep, camel, and the donkeys. And the Bible says, and Samuel Saul went, but he didn't do it. He destroyed everything, but he saved Agag the king, and he saved the best of their cattle and their sheep. And the Bible says in chapter 15, verse 26, and Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee, for thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected thee from being king over Israel. The Bible says, and as Samuel turned about to go away, he laid hold of the skirt of his mantle and rent it, and Samuel said unto him, The Lord hath rent the kingdom from Israel this the from thee this day. And has given it to a neighbor of thine which is better than thou. In other words, the time come that Saul literally come to the place of disobeying God. That God said, no, you're not going to keep it. God has said the kingdom is being rent from you. And so, now Samuel's again mourning and weeping. And finally, the Lord says, Samuel, dry your face. I'm looking for me a king. And I know where he's at. So let me give you about four things here and we'll be done. First of all, I see a sovereign command. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I've rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil, and go and I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I provide me a king among his sons. May I remind you, God rejects Saul. Please note this. We cannot hold on what God has rejected. If we can accept God's will, we will not go no further 
in helping somebody else. And I need you need to get this. If you don't get anything but this statement tonight, we cannot hold on to what God has rejected. If we can't accept God's will, we will go no further in helping someone else. And so God rejects all. But then God recruits David. For I have provided me a king among his sons. I love this. You're going to find that that sovereign command said, Samuel, I want you to go. Notice Samuel's concern here in this story. And Samuel said, how can I go? First thing you've got to address is a fear of man. There's two things that keep people from doing the will of God. The fear of men. This way he said, how can I go and Saul hear it? He will kill me. That goes to show you the kind of man Saul was. If, if Saul had found out Samuel was going to anoint another king, Saul would have killed him. That goes to show you the character of this people's king. See, Saul was never God's king. Saul was the people's king. And the fear of man, it shows you, goes to show you Saul's true nature. And it truly explains why God simply took the kingdom from him. May I remind you, we put on a show for a lot of people, but we never put a show on for God. He knows where we're at. He knows our heart. And so he goes up and, and uh, Samuel says, how can I go? So notice what he said. He said, listen, take your half and go back and tell the people. And by the way, Samuel did this all the time. Go in and tell them you're there to sacrifice. And so he goes to sacrifice. Notice not only the fear of men, but the favor of man. When he arrives, they ask him this question. Samuel did with that which the Lord spake. It came to Bethlehem, and the elders of the town trembled as coming in. Comest thou peaceably? They didn't know why he was there. They had apprehension. But notice Samuel's assurance. No, he said, I, he said, peaceably I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sacrificed, uh, and he sacrificed Jesse and his sons. He called them. He sanctified Jesse and his sons. He called them to the sacrifice. So we see in this story, sovereign command, Samuel's concern. But here's what I want to get to. We see this shepherd's call. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Elam and said, Surely the Lord's anointing is before him. May I remind you the most the most the most quoted verse, the verse that people use more than any verse there is in the Bible. Is right here. It's where the Lord said, and He answered, uh, and and He said, "Surely, surely He's the one." And by outward appearances, they thought maybe surely He is, but He wasn't. We use this verse and uh, where God looks on the inside, not on the outside. We we use that verse here. 
But notice with me something here. Men's choice. And it came to pass when they were come, they looked on Elam, and surely Elam means strong, mighty, powerful. That's what his name means. Zechariah says this. He answered, spake unto him, saying, Is word, Lord, and Zerubbabel, saying, Not by my word, not by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord of hosts. God's position cannot be gotten by man's power. Abinadab was the second. Father is generous. May I remind you, God's position can be bought with money. Shammai means wasted by worry. God's position and power cannot be gotten by intellectual thinking. As a matter of fact, don't miss this. And Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. Seven is the number of perfection. You can't find anything more perfect than this. And yet God's power and position can't be gotten by perfection. Because God's power is that that He gives and it's uniquely His. You'll find that David here was the eighth son. A new beginning. And God is creating a new beginning. We see not only men's choice, but we see the masters. In Samuel said to Jesse, Here and uh, hear all thy children. And he said, Thou remains yet the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, That word youngest has the idea that in the mind and heart of Jesse, he's the least important. He's the least of the crowd. He's the least of one that would ever be king. He keepeth the sheep. And we find, and Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch it, for we will not sit down till he come hither. I love that. He said it's not finished till he walks in the door. Can I remind you, hallelujah, this thing ain't finished. Till he walks in the door. I praise God. David's the type of the Lord. And this business ain't done till he walks in the door. He said, we'll not sit down denoting the work is not finished. Whenever the work was finished, Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father because the work was done complete. In the Old Testament temple, there was no seats the work never got finished. But praise God, he said, we'll not sit down till he walks in the door. But when he walks in the door, he said immediately, listen to what he said. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with all the beautiful counsel. He was a handsome young man and goodly to look at. Uh, he, he was a man's man. And the Lord said, Arise and anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So David rose and went to Ramah. See, David not only had an outward beauty, but he had an inward beauty. He had a heart for God. He was a king in a sheep. It's amazing where God finds his people. He found him a king in a sheepfold. Found Joseph in a prison. 
Found Gideon hiding in a wine press. Found Moses on the backside of the desert. Isn't it amazing where God finds His people? He had, boy, he had a heart for God. And oh my goodness, uh, what a heart for God he had. He was Psalms 23. Just Psalms 23 alone tells you what a heart for God he had. He had a believing heart. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Had a meditating meditating heart. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still ones. Had a heart set on holiness. He restored my soul. He lead me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Had a confident heart. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thou rod and thou staff, they comfort me. Had a great heart. Thou preparedest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Had a fixed heart. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. He had a heart for God. David's heart, he was number eight, number of a brand new beginning. I don't run here, run this right, but this is first the three anointings David will have in his life. Here he was anointed, second he'll be anointed. Um, second one is king of Judah, second Samuel, and then third he'll be anointed king of Israel. And so we find here sovereign commands, Samuel's concern, a shepherd's call. But then I want you to know something. Please don't miss this. We see Saul's change. Let me see here. Don't miss this. When Saul decided, I'm not going to obey God, he changed. And the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. There's a lot of writers, a lot of people wonder what that spirit was. I, I, I read one commentary writer that, that said that he had a spirit of discontentment that was just an overpowering spirit of discontentment. Uh, I, I don't know that to be true. Uh, we don't know what that evil spirit was. But I know, but don't miss this, the spirit of God. The spirit of God. No longer are the Spirit of God departed from those Saul. And the evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said to him, Behold, now an evil spirit from, the, from God troubled him. May I remind you, you choose not to obey God, you're inviting trouble into your life. You're inviting, you're inviting trouble. I believe this with all my heart. We choose that we're not going to obey God. We, we literally put ourselves in a position to where if God's blessing us, He can withdraw that blessing in a heartbeat. I, I believe that. I believe God. By, by the way, I believe that could be for our church. I've said this for, for years now, and I still believe in God's hands on this church. And if God ever pulls His hand off of this church, we're done, folks. We might as well put bingo on the front door and be done because we're done. Well, apart from the Lord, we're done. I love not only the departure, the distress, that evil spirit, but then those Saul's servants said, the only an evil spirit that's troubled him. Even the servants recognized that. And I love this. Then a servant said, and then after one of the servants said, Behold, I've seen a son of Jesse. He said, What's the answer for his troubled spirit? He said, there's a cunning and plain, mighty, valiant man, man of war, prudent matters, 
comely person, and the Lord is with him. May I remind you tonight, when God's looking for a king, when God's looking for a king, He's looking for somebody that's got a heart for Him. You know what God's looking for tonight? Somebody that's got a heart for Him. I appreciate your heart. I appreciate you sharing this heart. By the way, please don't miss this. He could take that first thing He saw. God said, that still small voice, pick it up. He could have said, God, I don't feel like picking up that trash. Who do you think I am? I don't go around picking up trash. No, I'm not going to do that. I don't care what you think. I'm not going to do that. And he could just walk on. But I guarantee you this. He wouldn't have gotten what he got. I stand amazed at this. I stand amazed at this. There's just one reason I'm here. Besides being saved by the grace of God, there is just not one reason. That's it. Anything God has asked me to do, I've tried to do it. That's it. I wish I could tell you I'm here because I'm a great preacher. But you know that wasn't true. I, 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 think, I, I would to God I could tell you because I've got this great pedigree of learning. No, I, I was sharing with the preacher last night. He said, well, what kind of church are you going? He's dead as a hammer. Liberal, dead as a hammer. Church I grew up in, got saved in, just liberal and dead, just dead. And the truth of the matter was, just dead. And, and I thought, wow. But the idea is that God asked me to do everything God asked me to do. Even when I didn't understand it. I've just done it. And I'm not bragging on myself. I'm just telling you. I have been privileged to see the great hand of God in so many ways. Now, again, I'll ask you again. That still small voice. Because Saul said, No, I'm not. No. I know what you said. You know what Saul did? Saul said, Well, God, you do understand. I say that this chief and that's the sacrifice. I'm doing it for you. Samuel said, Obedience is better than sacrifice. God didn't ask you to sacrifice. God asked you obedience. And tonight, have we given God our obedience? That one time, I thought about this, that one time Saul said no. And God just said, okay, I'm taking that from you. I don't want to be shelled. I don't want to be out of the will of God. I don't want to have a fire in my soul to preach and not be able to. I, I don't want to be shelled. I want God to use me until I die. So I'll stand to her feet. Every head bowed, never eye closed.